0: Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining us from the other side of of the Cleveland National Forest is a regular contributor, Robert Larson. Welcome to the show, Robert.
1: Hey, Heather. Always good to do this.
0: Well, we have an update on the Wildemar dirt story. The state is now getting involved, and an official with the Department of Toxic Substance Control went to the area, and she suddenly got sick, but then she, the, the stories got quiet. She hasn't told anything else about being sick. Um, can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting development here, a story you and I have been following for a while. And it's uh, an area in Wildemar, and it's called Autumnwood Estates, which sounds like super nice, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it it does. Usually all housing developments have a pretty spiffy name.
1: Yeah, Autumnwood Estates, and the street is... Amaryllis court, you know, it's, it sounds really, really special. But anyway, yeah. So it, it's uh, toxic dirt is sort of like the main uh, suspect, but they're still not exactly sure. But there's something weird going on there, and they've done a lot of tests, and most of the tests haven't been real, you know, conclusive of anything. They've just been a little suspicious, and so. But people who've really looked at it, especially people who are environmental activists, have think there's something definitely going on here. I mean, two women in their 30s died, you know, just from uh, pneumonia-related illnesses. Okay, right in this area, in this small little area, two women, uh, three or four different families have actually just abandoned their homes, just left. (laughs) Yeah. That's an extreme, you know, move. So that's that's going on. So there's something here. So it's been a while to get the... um, anybody involved that could really do anything but it seems like there are some lawyers involved and now there's some environmental activists a woman named penny newman who's uh done a lot of this uh, kind of stuff before so knows how to navigate these kinds of things but anyway so yeah now there's state agencies involved and one of them is the department of toxic substances control and uh a woman working for them named debbie Raphael came out and uh she toured the neighborhood and went inside one of the homes. And when she, now, this is what uh, one of the residents or ex residents who moved away and, and the activist Newman are saying is that uh, when she came in, Debbie Raphael, she uh, walked into one of the homes and, and she sort of like became a believer in uh, that she like immediately had these kind of weird symptoms that other people were having that lived there. Now um, she said she, had, she felt this physical sensation in her chest while, while she was there and she she uh, and but anyway so when the reporter uh I was reading about this in the Press Enterprise when the reporter from the Press Enterprise called to try to confirm this uh could not be reached that you know could not be reached for confirmation kind of thing so you you kind of wonder is that just a kind of a flu or just they were busy or whatever or is it just like some kind of issue of backpedaling of where the state agency uh maybe lawyers have gotten involved and said okay yeah you had something happen when you were there but that's not conclusive in any way and we don't want to put our stamp on this it's something's going on and then we're going to be tied into a costly litigation or costly cleanup and and who knows maybe Possible culprits even put some pressure on this, and we just like, look, you need to do more testing. That just your personal experience is just your personal experience. So it's a little weird. So we need to stay tuned on that with uh, Debbie Raphael and see if she comes out with a definitive uh, statement.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Anyways, there's a bunch of other state agencies involved in this. Really, actually, a, a, a quite a long list of alphabet soup names. Well,
0: meanwhile the. Department of Toxic Substance Control officials dies, and the lawyers going. Well, it's still not conclusive.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a situation where if you just go there once or twice, you you know, you're not going to get sick. Sick. Uh, uh, it's like I think the people who are getting like chronic illnesses are people that are exposed to it every day. You know, it's like a lot of things. Oh you know? yeah, definitely. In a little secondhand smoke, you're you're going to be fine. But if you're smoking two packs a day, eh, good chance you're going to get cancer.
0: Has the paper or anybody else made mention on who did the developments? What company was it? Um, it wouldn't happen to be the Bluth family, would it?
1: I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you and I maybe covered that. I don't think we did, but yeah, I'm sure that is out there. Uh, that can easily be found out, and it'd be uh, interesting to look into that.
0: Yeah, because I'll have to look up to look that up because there's a, there's like two or three of these uh, home builders that are in Texas that don't want any liability rules because they build shoddy houses in mass, and they they funded Rick Perry's run for president. It was a really good art- Rolling Stone article.
1: Oh, I'll have to check that out. And uh, yeah, but of course they funded Rick Perry.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course they did. The corporate brainless man. Um, So uh, in one of the more murder or mayhem stories that we have two of them this week, one of them is a kid was missing who was autistic, and they had volunteers looking out for him, trying to find him, and then his body shows up in a shallow grave. And then a day before, his body did show up in a shallow grave. His brother, the suspect, uh, put out a message on Facebook um saying oh i want to thank all the volunteers who helped me try to find my little brother uh what's going on over there with that story
1: yeah uh if i can be a little alliterative today we're doing murder and mayhem in mayhem and Murrieta and Menifee, but uh yeah this yeah. is uh in uh in Menifee, um and not really a laughing matter, but yeah, there there was a 12 year old boy, Terry Dwayne Smith, and it was all over the news, the you know LA news and everything that the, the autistic boy missing, you know, just wandered off or something. So they had a organized a big volunteer search party, looking all over for this kid uh, who um, actually was just buried in a shallow grave right on the family's property there, and. So it's funny in these stories, they're always back buried in a shallow grave. Never hear it say, oh, buried in a deep grave. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he... Uh,
0: Ran the- out of standima. It's like, oh, this is good enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the the older uh, half-brother, the half-brother, Skyler uh, Adelano, 16 years old, was uh, uh, eventually charged with the murder. He had been left to watch the younger brother that day and uh so we don't have no idea uh, no details at all or no there's been no confession of how he might have been killed and and so he hasn't admitted to doing it but he's just been he's in uh, custody and actually he's awaiting right now uh, a decision on whether he'll be tried as an adult or not but uh a lot of weird things have come out uh, the father of the the younger boy lives in I think believe it's Virginia, they interviewed him, and he was saying, what are you talking about? He's autistic. He's not autistic. So I don't know why, where that came from, why the mother is saying that. Uh, so I don't know. It could be sometimes parents are overprotective of those kind of things and don't want to admit their kid's autistic, but maybe he's not. And maybe the mother was trying to, I don't know, milk some money out of the system by claiming this kid was autistic. But the father did say that the older son, which uh, – is uh, the half brother? Skyler was uh, had a history of violent outbursts. He had a lot of problems, a lot of mental problems, and that he needed help. And that he was really kind of putting some blame on the mother for not getting this kid into counseling or whatever kind of help he needed. And uh, there, there's not uh, a whole lot else on the story. It was it just. It seems like they keep keeping a little tight-lipped right now. I mean, maybe they're just you know waiting this judge's decision before they can do anything else anyway. But it was a little creepy that the uh, the brother that supposedly killed the younger brother <laughs> put this post on his Facebook. Well, thanks for all the help. <laughs> this sort of feigning innocence.
0: Yeah, wasn't me.
1: Yeah. So it was it a uh, little it, very sad, very tragic, but a little creepy too.
0: Yeah, and Marietta the story you alluded to before um there's a 21 year old guy who murdered his grandmother blood was all found all over the house or tra- traces of blood because he got the bleach out uh we were surmising that he might be watching way too much pulp fiction um but then there's like machetes involved and walmart and a bunch of other weird things happening with this story
1: yeah uh the the grandmother uh was uh this is in muriata the, the grandson Kyle McLean was uh, living with her, and he's got a pretty checkered recent past, a lot of run-ins with the law. Uh, anyway, he uh, the the daughter of the old lady was uh, hadn't heard from her in a few days, so you know, which she thought said was very strange, so called the police. The police went to the house. And uh, where Kyle McLean was living with his grandma and Kyle answers the door. And uh, the police just went right on in because Kyle is uh, he's on probation and he's also free on bail from a drug related arrest in June. And he was also arrested for vandalism just a few days prior to that. So anyway, I think that the. being on probation, he kind of loses his rights to, to not be searched without a warrant. And they just went right in. And, and uh, anyway, they found uh, all these fans going and their uh, smell of bleach. And uh, they once they, they brought in forensic experts, then they found actual uh, blood that had been cleaned up, you know, seeing the kind of echo of it. As well as some blood that actually didn't get cleaned up was still there. He wasn't real thorough about it. So, anyway, so then there was a, a Walmart. Uh, uh, I think they, they maybe found this on a Walmart surveillance video, or uh, but anyway that or a record somehow with Walmart that the Walmart Murrieta that these guys came in there and bought machetes, gloves, bleach, and of course beer. Uh, so it, it looked like, yeah, you are saying a kind of a Pulp fictiony sort of thing. And we all remember that scene. Those of us have seen it, uh, where they were trying to clean up all this blood and they're using some bleach in, uh, so in the machetes. okay. So now that's what's going on there. You kind of get the feeling that there was some chopping up of the body going on here to kind of dispose of it in some manner other than just burying it. Uh, So, there's an accomplice here, a guy named Neil Erickson, who, uh, it sounds like they got the police to turn over a little bit on the other guy, but he's still, I don't know if he has all the details, because he said that that Kyle McLean had him meet him somewhere and said, I got something to tell you, and then he opens the trunk of the car and there's a body in there, so... Uh, the accomplice here, Neil Erickson, he didn't. He never saw the face of the body, but it can be assumed that it was the grandma, I would think. Uh, and he said, "I need help disposing of it." And then they haven't given any details on whether Neil Erickson has given further details on what they did next. Uh, I think they're being tight-lipped about that. But that is
0: one gruesome, twisted tale.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine the authorities are trying to are putting a lot of pressure on Neil Erickson. They're only charging him with accomplice, and maybe you are going to charge him with something lesser if he'll he'll turn over some more information. But as of uh, today, I, I haven't seen today's local paper yet. But may, maybe it'll be there today. But as of I should say yesterday, no further details. The body has still not been found. So it's kind of weird to get a—it's hard to get a murder conviction without a body, but it does happen sometimes.
0: Well, circumstantial evidence.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think if the blood—if they do a DNA test on the blood they found in the house and it's hers, they could make a pretty good, uh, you know— They could make
0: a pretty good case just on the blood samples
1: yeah yeah so um it's a a weird story, but yeah he, he seems to have a problem with uh with drugs they're not saying exactly what he was uh on probation for i I'm kind of assuming it, it was drugs, but i I can't say that for sure and uh but he's but he was free on bail from a drug related arrest in June. So that was drug-related, but the whatever he was on probation for is not not clear. But then this vandalism thing, which is just, I don't know, stupid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to close out with a religious monument not being allowed at the uh, Lake Elsinore Storm ballpark. And what was the monument? I forgot at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, you and I talked about this a while back, but uh, there's Storm Stadium in Lake Elsinore, which is really nice. It's a minor league baseball stadium, the uh, Lake Elsinore uh, Storm play there, and it's it's great because people don't have any you know major league stadiums really close by. It's a nice sporting place to go, and uh, it's inexpensive, and people take their kids. So, yeah, anyways, it's a great place. But uh, So the city council uh, voted to put up a uh, – I think it's a World War II veterans memorial, which, yeah, that's great. That's nice. And but they, they had a couple of uh, uh you know mock-ups of of what they wanted to do, and they have these crosses on them, which is a Christian symbol. And it's a it's a public uh publicly owned space, and so a couple people got upset and said, wait a minute, this is a publicly owned space. We shouldn't be having religious uh, symbols. That's unconstitutional. Separation of church and state. Of course, the city council said, no, 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 it's just a veterans memorial. It just happens to have crosses on there, which they do put on graves, but which, okay, yeah, they do, but it's still a religious symbol. And uh, so that, that's the kind of fight. But So it, a judge... Uh, a federal judge has issued an oral ruling uh, supporting the opponents of the memorial and which blocks the monument's installation. Now, the city council is kind of weighing its options. They're waiting for a a written filing on this. It just was an oral opinion at this point, but once there's a written filing, they're going to decide uh, if they want to take this further, if they want to appeal it, which they have every right to do, but it just seems like a little bit of waste of public funds, uh, you know, when just just put up a memorial without any crosses on it. Jeez.
0: yeah, but that was the idea. It was it was stealth.
1: Yeah, it was like yeah, sure, it's just a veterans' memorial.
0: That would be cool if you saw crosses with like stealth angles to them, so it's like you don't see this. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's really like we were. Saying before, I think one of the reasons why we're having so many issues with church and state was, uh, it, or is because so many people are not really following the mainline religions anymore. The people that do feel really threatened and they're like, oh, we have to show somehow we're a Christian nation somewhere.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, sort of, they made a, a change on the memorial there to kind of hopefully uh, uh, appease the opponents. And they added some. Jewish, uh, star of David thing. And you're like, what? So you're representing two religions out of like how many? <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't even think, I don't think Judaism is even the second most popular religion in the U S.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know what is actually. That's a good question. Probably Mormonism yeah. at this point.
1: But anyway, so it's like kind of, yeah. well,
0: I mean, this this could be solved by just putting religious symbols from every single religion from the left field wall to the center field wall. <laughs>
1: just put all 28
0: of them or whatever.
1: But I think that would still, even if you included everyone, that would still be unconstitutional. Because, oh, I'm sure it would be. I mean, the religious symbols shouldn't be in, in the public sphere. I mean, and then, like, how do you put a symbol uh, for atheism, too, you know? Is, I don't know? is there a symbol for atheism?
0: <laughs> I think it's just like the bad religion logo. It's just a cross <laughs> with an X through it. That would be my guess. Maybe
1: they just need a bad religion concert at uh, the Storm Stadium there. Maybe that would solve everything.
0: Maybe it would. I don't know. But anyways, uh, we're having an issue with time, so we're going to solve that by saying goodbye to Robert Larson for the week. Thanks for joining us on the Heather McCoy Show.
1: Thank you, Heather. It's been fun.
0: Robert Larson, he joins us every week from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. This is the Heather McCoy Show.